Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. I'm David Reed, and this is Marit Larwood. Hello, listeners. And any other noise coming from this room is Buddy the Dog, who's currently investigating his own, um, what do you call it? Uh, well, I don't know. Body? Backside. Oh, right, yeah. Um, well, I don't mean to demean him. No, no, no. I mean, it's what dogs do every now and again, don't they? They're very cleanly. We, ne- we don't check ours often enough, really. So that's it. So maybe this is a good time for you listeners, if you're listening in the bath, just have a quick check. Everything's in order. Yeah. Just uh, how a human would with a with an exploratory finger, or maybe like a dog would with its nose. But it's not about that. This podcast It's about watching. <laughs> You're instantly regretting this, but you started us down that path. I you went into it in too much detail. Hey, if you hand me something, I'm going to join in. If this is the first time you listen to Film Fandango podcast, yeah, this is a seminal podcast. Very highbrow intellectual discussion of cinematic uh, masterpieces. That's right, um, and we've seen just those cinematic masterpieces this week, haven't we? Well, um, for regular listeners, mm. uh, our six regular listeners will know that we've been playing a game called the IMDb game. Yes. Where shall I explain it? Yes. Uh, the IMDb have a list called the Top Two Hundred and Fifty, which is their highest rated two hundred and fifty films. Uh, and to play our game, you start at number one, and uh, you go scene, 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 until you get to a film you have not seen. And whatever ranking that film has is your score. Uh, so I'm on about, I think, 34 at the moment. Um, I think you've overtaken me, because I'm halfway through City Lights. I've seen City Lights. Yeah, so, so yeah. You, you, well done. Oh, you, well done, you're the best. Um, well, but, that's that's the game. I mean, that's... well, I'm go- well, I've been doing it a different way. You've been prepping, haven't you? I've been sort of knocking off a few ones. What? In the not not. I've been watching a few of the films later on. In, I haven't seen the seventies and eighties. Okay. So when I do watch City Lights, boom! You are you race ahead. You're you're the bit. I try and do what, what voice. You are some big. Tr- I don't even know what voice. <laughs> is. It's, it's a, slightly racist. It's a man who says you're in big trouble. Yeah, you're in big trouble, boy. Yeah, there you go. Um, um, I haven't seen. There's two back to back that I'm sort of not looking forward to. One is Green Mile, which it's all right. Yeah, it's like it's, a, it's all like, right. Green Mile um, is a really but, weak sort of. Well, it's Shawshank another Redemption. Stephen King prison film, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and then straight after it's The Pianist, and I that's just, good. Is it good? 
Just don't like uh, Adrian Brody. Harvey Keitel's in it. I don't really like Harvey Keitel. He just Keitel. does that now. Um, oh, well, you've got that to deal with. Mm. I. Um, what did you see? I saw, most people have probably seen it, Lawrence of Arabia. Right, yes. Absolute classic, um, Lawrence of Arabia. Um, Why don't you tell for people, tell our listeners, for people not in the know, what the story of Lawrence of Arabia is about? Once upon a time, many years ago, there was this bloke. Mm. Uh, Lawrence of Arabia is the story of T.E. Lawrence, who, during um, the uh, 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 war, <laughs> he, uh, uh, it's the second, no, the First World War. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I've not seen it. At During a long the time. First World War, um, he um, was posted in Cairo, and he travelled around. He managed to unite the uh, the disparate Arab forces and lead and lead them to rebel against the Ottoman Empire and the Turks, and just capture some key places for uh, for the the, uh, the other the good forces, the, the good guys, the British forces. Yes. Um, now he's played uh, incredibly by Peter O'Toole. Not incredibly, as in they, he would never get cast in such a role. But it's a brilliant performance. But this would just normally be. Um, I think he's spectacular. Once you get past the fact that oddly, everyone's wearing really noticeable eyeliner. Yeah, that is odd, isn't it? What, no one talks about that. But no, all the characters. Well, also that Alec Guinness playing Prince Faisal. You don't get that anymore. I think is, it's really dodgy. He's blacked up to play an yeah. Arab man. He's done it a few times, hasn't he, Alec Guinness? Yeah, but well, it was just from that era, wasn't it? But it was you. If I remember rightly, because I saw a sort of remastered print of it yeah. in the cinema, yeah. and when it's in sort of HD, you can see like the makeup line around his face. His makeup's really bad. The yeah. makeup's really bad in. Ge- it's because I watched the remastered. I bought the remastered version. I watched it on my on my computer. Right. But you know when people make you up, because we do, occasionally, right, in my career that's now gone, you get made up to do TV stuff. Yeah. And they say you need to be seen on TV. And I look at myself and I think that's too much. But as you see yourself, I think that is too much. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is a case where they, the makeup artists have just made them look a little bit like. Or they're, they're bored. They've they've not got much to do, so they just keep doing makeup until you're supposed to be on set. Anyway, that's getting away from the main point. <laughs> well, of these, are, these are the interesting little anecdotes of show business that people tune in for. Uh, so this is directed by David Lean. He did Bridge Over River Kwai and lots of epic films. He uh, loves wars, doesn't he? He loves wars, but he, he's. When you think of him, you do think he, he's synonymous with epic, really. I mean, he's. And he's huge. There's a famous scene. director. It doesn't really need saying, does yeah. it? Yeah. You just think of these. The scene you think of is when Omar Sharif comes in the distance in the desert. It's just beautiful. And the music's fantastic. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting, rather than it's just being. I mean, it is nearly four hours long. Mm. So it, I do think our film habits have maybe. Do you think it's uh, legitimately sort of hailed as a classic? Because you you haven't seen it before. No, have I haven't you? seen this it before. I think it's hugely influential in uh, desert epics. Yes. Yeah. And you could see how um, I think the English patients sort of borrowed from yes, the feel. Yeah, of this. definitely. It's things you seem you realise when you see a film later on, and that's the source of so much. Mm. What I was really fascinated by, I think Omar Sharif and Peter Ottawa got nominated for Best Actor. I thought Omar Sharif at times looked like he was trying to remember his lines. (laughs) 
And Pedro Chill was brilliant. He's incredible, isn't he? Because it's not just... It would be a boring... There are other films which are just epic war films. What's great about this is the lead is somehow played by this quite fey camp. There's all the undertones of homosexuality which run through in all his relationships. But he's so gentle. And also, he's a sadomasochist. Yeah. Well, the thing with the fire is... Yeah, yeah and, and creepy scene. And also the the bit when he goes mental at the end and just starts shooting p- people in the the final attack. Sorry, spoilers here, but you it, it's You know what? I can't remember what happened to him. It's a really it's he's a, so a really complex hero where yeah. there are huge different layers to him. It feels the equivalent to me remind me the book Crime and Punishment where you've got basically about guilt and someone dealing with a term, yeah. turmoil. He manages to get that on screen yeah. in his character, the turmoil of how he's trying to unite, you, you know, Arabia and yet be screwed over by the, uh, the, the the higher powers who just want to sort of carve up, you know, yeah, yeah. bits of uh, the, the, the Middle East. On a slight sidebar, I remember being so excited, thinking it was brilliant, when um, at the beginning of Prometheus... Yes. Um, Michael Fassbender's character of David, who is the uh, oh, yeah. robot, yeah. and all of the others are asleep, and yeah. he doesn't need sleep because he's a robot, and so it's what he gets up to in this, presumably, months, possibly years, on his own. Yeah. And partly it's riding a bicycle whilst playing basketball at the same time. But yeah. partly it was watching Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah. And, and the implication the being... It. No, but also being he sort of admired this man, and he'd done his hair like him and all of this. And it was... A fascinating seed and beginning to a story. Such a nuanced little character portrait done mm. so brilliantly, so quickly, and the rest of the film then just fell apart. It was like that was the best bit. I, I remember that. I was I watched it at the IMAX, and just the first five minutes, you I just, just go, "Oh, this is going to be quality." Yeah, I thought, "Shit!" And all the hairs went off my arms. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fassbender's got a brilliant part here. They've actually thought about the. Cause it's so subtle, yeah, and it's a nod. To but it's it. also you're like, what does this mean? What are the greater implications of yeah. the fact he is mimicking humanity rather than he is human? And you go, they're going to play with that, <laughs> no? <Nope. laughs> or or Ridley Scott thinks he has, and he's just failed it, miserably. It was an incredible start. When um, you think this character, you immediately fascinated by yeah, that spend. Yeah, and he, oh god, what a, what a missed opportunity that yeah. film was. But yes, anyway, back anyway. to Lawrence Arabia. I mean. It, it is dated. It is dated, and it feels it feels like a, tim, a film from a different era. But then it's amazing to see these huge battles and these huge landscapes with people on camels without any CGI shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and properly, it, it looks great and it's refreshing to see it. Without. It's an era of that proper epic yeah. uh, scale, isn't it? it, it like, diff- like like Gandhi uh, yeah. as well. When you just have thousands of people and and cameras that can't look like a music video they just the film stock doesn't you know it yeah. looks you you it is just a different film stock uh, well different film technique now we use digital but um you 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 don't you see something in that 70s style and you go well it's real i know it's and real and to me in your brain what whether it's subconscious when you're watching modern Sort of fake epic scenes. Yeah, you know that it's whether you want to believe or not. Something's telling you those people aren't moving around like human yeah, beings, yeah, yeah. or they're the same person. I don't know. Or Maybe. they seem to be moving weirdly, like a swarm of insects in unison because they've been generated by a computer. Yeah. You know, they're not. They nobody. Seems, yeah, 
It's it's really interesting. When when was Lawrence of Arabia made? Sixty two. Sixty two. So it's that it's yeah. So I mean, I, it's been so long since I've even thought about it. I sort of want to go and watch it again. Well, that's the other question is. I thought I can tell watching this film was good. I know it's a good. It's got you know Peter O'Toole's great. It's interesting subject matter. There's the sort of it's about fr- his friendship with Omar Sharif. The undertones of his, ho- uh, his own torment about whether he's doing the right thing and how he's changed into a monster. Also, this sort of masochism streak that he's got as yeah. well. It is interesting. Did I enjoy it though? Ah, I don't know. I, I can tell it's good, but did I have that same enjoyment? And I was sort of cross with myself, thinking, you know, I should like when you read a classic thing, I should enjoy yeah. this, but have I become so susceptible to the modern films and the quick cuts and the and the drama and the the tricks that are playing with my emotions? That also, you know, you have seen epic scale footage of deserts before now yeah. you've seen yeah. you know seen it many times you've seen everything that this film does many times because it's influential so yeah. I don't know whether I, I whether I ever feel like I want to watch it again yeah I, I give it I realise the importance of the film in terms of me purely do I enjoy it I give it seven marks okay you should watch it but I Nothing really made me. I don't know. I feel terrible saying that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's honest. It's honest. I mean, sometimes films, you know, I, I suppose should be celebrated for their trailblazingness rather than the fact they endure. But yeah, um, I haven't seen it in so long. I, I couldn't. I couldn't chip in with that. I'm afraid. Um, but oh, Peter O'Toole. I mean, he's fantastic because. I, you know, most of the his performances that come to mind are when he's quite a craggy old man, yes. and he had such an intensity to him, even though there was a gentleness to his physicality. His eyes are so piercing. It's fasc- he's fascinating to watch. He's just in the film one bit that they say oh, you've got a really interesting face, and you think uh, he ha- he's got a great face to watch. Yeah, it's quite cinematic, and it's just completely different. It, like almost. Quite uh, ethereal. Is that the right word? Was he? Do you think uh, a hideous drunk at this time in his life? Or? He looked. I looked at him because I thought he was supposed to be thirty. He was actually thirty when he filmed it. I think or twenty. Right. He looks a lot older than that. Yeah. He looks like he's been smoking heavily, and um, uh, but still, you know, he's still a handsome man. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, you can watch that on something wherever if you want to watch it. There we go. <laughs> Fine, there you go. There you go, Lawrence of Arabia. Um, well, have we got any letters? Yes. Here's one. Um, I, I posted a, uh, from um, Tokyo Sexwell, his name is. Yes. And uh, he's named after, I think, a South African... Politician, yeah. isn't it? He's written an email, and this is um, about our, our sort of war with Mark Commode and... Uh, Slagging off John Wick a couple of weeks ago. Right. Um, so you can do this. No, one, I did I've, it last week. No, I've been talking a lot, and I want you to talk now. No, because he wants it in the style of Tokyo Sex Well. <laughs> yeah, I want you to do it. All right. Well, what accent am Just I doing? Just do Nelson, Ma- Nelson Mandela's well, friend. That is Nelson Mandela's friend. <laughs> the accent of Nelson Mandela's friend. He's South African Minister of Human Settlement. I've just looked him up. 
It's oh. an incredible name, isn't it? Just all that time. Even if he was called just Tokyo, I mean, that's enough. But the Sexwell family, I wonder how they got their name. Oh, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to do South African. Uh, Do a Mandela accent. <laughs> no, I'm not. It's a long email. That's going to get tedious. Okay, go on, go for it. Uh, South Africa. Hello, David, Merrick, and Kevin Keegan. You'd mentioned a guest, so I took a guess. Terribly sorry if it's not Kevin Keegan. It was actually Simon Fielder from uh, a couple of weeks ago. I have a Friday routine where I wake at 8am and listen to your podcast with a Sports Direct mug of coffee. Today I'm listening to Merrick talk about John Wick and my head has almost come off nodding in agreement with him. It's well shit. Talk about overhyped. I too am an old man. And while I don't wish to patronise your younger listeners, I'm going to because they know fuck all. I blame them. I blame them for hyping John Wick, thus forcing me to watch it. If you've been on this earth a certain amount of time and, and have seen any amount of action films, then John Wick is a truly dull experience. I gave up around the time John Wick was tied poorly to a chair and the main villain walked away, leaving his incompetent henchman to finish the job. <laughs> but I digress. The reason I'm really writing to you is, this, is that I, too, am at war with Mark Commode. I've been blocked from following their show on Twitter, and here's the wholly justified reason why. This is how you ruin the Commode Mayo show for everyone. I used to play a game on Twitter where I would listen live to Commode Mayo show with a few cans of beer. I work from home and it's Friday. I would tweet and take a drink every time Commode said the word really. I would keep a Commode really canned and tweet every time he said it. The most it ever got to was 48 in two hour show. That's one really every two and a half minutes. Amazing. This incidentally is when I got blocked. (laughs) (laughs) After my blockage, I knew I'd got them. I would listen to Kamaj's reviews and I'm sure for a brief period I detected him trying not to use the word really. This could of course be my ego and wishful thinking, so I recommend your listeners also play this game. Take a bottle of gin to work and keep your own running tab of the Kamaj really count. Throw bid 48. I see the person who recommended John Wick also recommended Snowpiercer. As you can probably tell, I'm prone to hyperbole. So I've watched it again, It and again, it's not brilliant. It's basically student wank philosophy, set on a train. It's not awful, but it's not good. A couple of recommendations for you. There's a documentary called Dear Zachary, a letter to a son about his father. The less you know about this, the better. The full film was on Netflix, but if not, it is also here at this link I won't read out right now. You'll go through so many emotions watching it and it'll leave you an emotional mess come to the end. So that's Dear Zachary, a letter to a son about his father. See also The Jinx, an amazing six-part HBO doco that actually developed in an unbelievable way as they were shooting it. It's about Robert Durst, a member of a wealthy New York family whose wife disappeared. Ryan Gosling played Durst in the 2010 film All Good Things. And it's the director of this piss-poor film that the real Robert Durst contacts to give his side of the story. It's not on Netflix, but watch it anyway. Any way you can. Some foreign muck I'd recommend would be Big Bad Wolves, a dark, amusing Israeli revenge film about the abduction and murder of children, which is far funnier than it ought to be. It was Tarantino's best film of 2013. A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, an Iranian vampire film, and talking of vampires, What We Do in the Shadows deserves a mention, as it gets better on repeat viewings. And finally, A Separation, a brilliantly acted and often amusing film on the subject of divorce in Iran. 
It sounds depressing and awful, but surprisingly, it's not. You'll feel like you've been filled up with good film pie after watching it. If you also wouldn't mind plugging my illustrated film reviews, I'm really not expecting you to, won't be offended or blame you if you don't. I have one on The Dark Knight Rises here. Well, these are links, so we might put them we on. We put one already. I put one already. Oh, great. We've put them on already. Uh, sorry for being a shill whore at the end of the email, but if you guys ever want a new logo for Film Fandango, then by all means get in touch. Love you, Tokyo. I put so t- Tokyo uh, Sex World is also an illustrator, and he did a brilliant. Um, Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, review, which we posted it? on our Facebook feed. Yeah, yeah, so t- check that out. It's and really if you want point. to help him do his next one, you can give him, go to his website. Um, which is tokyosexworld.com and he's, tr- he's trying to get some funding for a Jurassic World one. That's um, fun. um, uh, lots of uh, lovely, interesting things to track down there. Um, a Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, I've, I've, it's on my list of things to watch. What we do in the shadows we've talked about, it's great. I thought it was all right. Really? You didn't like it? I thought it was charming. I thought it was really funny. Mm. I, I thought the... The genre of vampire comedy had been so done to death, and this surprised me. You know, I think I went in with very low expectations. Now, I because I already enjoy, I agree with him on John Wick. I watched Dear Zachary, Letter to Son about his father. Oh, great! I'm. I want you to watch it, and we should talk about it. Oh, really? Because it is unbelievable documentary alright I will watch it let's not, you, let's I, I not can put the now. link I so if you want to watch this thing is it free yeah it's on YouTube and you can donate to something afterwards if oh, you right, like it um, watch it's called Dear Zachary spelled Z-A-C-H-A-R-Y let's to a son about his father put it into YouTube you can watch it for free and then donate to the filmmakers afterwards it is uh Absolutely jaw-dropping. Okay, documentary. Don't say anymore. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to know I don't, anything about. I don't want you. So the listeners have got a chance to listen to it now, and then we'll talk about it in a, in a couple of weeks or so. Incredible. Thank you for that recommendation. And I've heard the jinx is supposed to be. Yeah, it's TV, isn't it? The yeah, but I've, a couple of people said it's brilliant. Yeah, I've I've had the jinx recommended to me. I think five times now. So I have to track that down. Um, well, in terms of setting things up for next week, I'm afraid I'm going to have to uh, set something up for next week as well. What's happened? Well, um, you came round uh, before I could finish the final third of a film I was watching. I wonder what you're going to say there. Um, final third. Um, I've been watching The Drop, um, which is uh, a Tom Hardy... Uh, Gamble Feeney, what's his first name? Paul? James? Paul Gambaccini. James Paul Gambaccini. Paul, Paul. James, Gam- James Gandolfini. Gandolfini, that's the one. Fucking hell, I forgot his first name. Um, anyway, um, and uh, is it... It's either Rooney Mara or Numi Rapace, whichever. They all both appeared at Rooney the same Mara's time. Rooney Mara's the American one. Um, it's, the, it's the one who is in uh, Prometheus. Yeah, that's Naomi, what's her name? Numi Rapace. Numi Rapace, yeah. Okay, it's her. Anyway, it's a quite a gentle like. Um, again, it's like it's made for telly, but it's about a drop, which is just a bar where um, gangsters use it to uh, launder money, and uh, Shit, they don't know when the the gang will bring round money, and they just have to hold it for them um, until somebody comes to pick it up. Anyway, it's one of those. Uh, people down on their luck getting mixed up with very violent men but 
at the centre of it, there's Tom Hardy, who's just a barman. That's it, who doesn't have much money. But he ends up finding finding a puppy in a bin. Um, and I hope he doesn't die. Been, well, this is what I want to set up for next week, because I'm currently halfway through the film and really enjoying it. The dog is not dead. They've threatened the dog a lot in, in filmic terms. Um, and that uh, French guy who was in... Uh, Vincent Cassell. No. The one who often has a beard. He's got quite a big nose. And he, not him. Not him. A bit younger than him. He was in uh, that film... Uh, Rust getting... and Bone. He was in Rust and Bone. Oh, he's Belgian, I think. Oh, is he Belgian? Because he's French and he's in, in box, Rust and Bone, he's in Bullhead as well, That's is right. he? Yeah, what's his name? No, that I bloke. don't... I mean, don't ask me. All right. I'm worse than you on names. Okay. Anyway, that bloke, he's in it. Um... As you know, I've said it before, I think killing a dog is one of the laziest things a screenwriter can ever do. Do you think the dog's going to die? They've set it up so much, I really don't think he is, but I really hope he isn't. So we're going to find out... Next week, whether they kill the dog. Is it at the moment, uh, do you ever watch Bod when you were too young? No, I don't know. They had this frog who had an amazing orchestra, right? and at the end of it they said... Does a frog have a chocolate milkshake, a vanilla milkshake, or a strawberry milkshake? Right. And you have to guess which one. Well, that happens straight away. Wow. I mean, that, that was fun. That is how I used to have my fun in the <laughs> late 70s, early 80s. Well, um, yeah, I'm sorry I didn't get to the end of it, so I can't tell you whether it's a good film, but I can tell you. It's, weird, it's sort of a weird experience reviewing something halfway through, but I, it's quite fun. I, I am enjoying it. I, I am enjoying it currently. And yeah. what you've done is you've given us a great cliffhanger. Well, We've also, never done a cliffhanger There will be a spoiler before. for the entire film next week. But yeah, 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 it's a cliffhanger. So if you'd like to watch The Drop in time for next week, it's on, uh, it's on, what am I watching it on? It's on Netflix. So, And the first line of the next podcast will be, the dog is dead or the dog is alive. There you go. There you go. I can't believe it. Or maybe it's now TV. And please email in to us because we've got... We're running out of emails and we need them. Okay, you can email us with anything you would like to talk about film-related, not your emotional issues, please. Um, dearfilmfandango at gmail.com or write on our Facebook wall, forward slash filmfandango or tweet us at filmfandango, at Mr David Reed or at Marek Larwood and we do all of this for free. So if you have enjoyed the podcast and would like to continue to enjoy the podcast then please do donate anything you can because uh, it all comes out of our own pocket for this. Um, so, you know, the day may come when we can't do it anymore, when we go, oh, God, these cinema tickets to see crap. But, you know, who knows? <laughs> but if you've enjoyed the podcast, then please go to filmfandango.co.uk and follow the links from there. Hey, keep watching the films. Bye. Bye. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.